0: of the gospel here i just appreciate it so much thank you for allowing me to come and be with uh, such a fine man as brother Dees. this is one of the finest men that i have ever met and i appreciate him and i feel like brother bernard or brother harris could really preach you a message here tonight. I feel humbled even to stand here with these men having just returned from the mission field. But I will give you the burden of my heart. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said, An angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This, he said, signifying what death he should die. You may be seated. I'd like to preach a little while tonight only inspiration to die. An inspiration to die. We're all so full of life that the thought of death would trouble us. But we learn a principle from this passage of Scripture, a principle, I believe, in the way which God works. In the natural order of life, We move slowly from life toward death, from life to death. Man that is born of woman is few few days and full of trouble. And so the voice begins to fade and the steps get slower and the body becomes weaker. And we move slowly from life toward death. And we listen for the telephone because we have certain individuals in mind that we know according to nature their days upon this earth is not too much longer. And so we listen closely because we figure we'll hear that sound, that certain sound that day and the message will come. This is only natural, it's only normal. God made it that way and James in his writing he said that uh, we don't know what about tomorrow for what is your life it is but even a vapor that appears for a little time and it's on the stage it's on the scene and then it's gone it passes away what is your life tonight but in the spiritual order in the spiritual order it's reversed it's just the opposite it's not moving from life toward death but It's moving from death toward life. We could learn that principle and learn what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, I die daily, then perhaps we'd have a greater understanding of what it would really be like to move slowly from death toward life. Galatians 2 and 20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but... Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 2 Corinthians 4 and 10, he said, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in this mortal body. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. Romans 6.13, again, Paul said, Yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead. Now, sometime or another in our walk with God, after that great, wonderful initial experience, there comes that still small voice that talks to our heart to go deeper, to go deeper, to go deeper. You know, it's a wonderful thing to shout, but I believe the reason folks have been able to shout is because they have been able to go deeper. Amen. Those times of prayer, those days of consecration, those times of heart searching really has caused us to have an inspiration for other things. And because we are willing to enter into that divine principle that God laid out in his word, we find ourselves being able to lift our voices and our hearts and our hands and to worship and to shout because we have been able to enter into that time of dying. We don't like to die, even spiritually. Many times it's... It's so much more convenient to be with the crowd and to have a good time and to laugh and to eat and to talk and to joke and and to have a good time. But I am declaring tonight on the authority of the Word of God, if we have the kind of revival that we're going to have and supposed to have, and we're the people that we are supposed to be, There comes that time in our lives when we have an inspiration to do something else besides just shout. We come to that place of Gethsemane. Oh, it's a wonderful thing to go upon the Mount of Transfiguration and see his transfigured glory and behold a greatness that we have not known before. But it's another thing to leave that place of exhilaration. And go to the garden of Gethsemane. And behold him as the great sweat begins to drip off of his brow like great drops of blood. And that is the experience that I'm talking about tonight. We want to enter with him into the mountain and see the glory. But there comes that time we must go into the garden. Go into the garden and the song says... I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear. Oh, that time when we hear that voice calling to us to go to the depths of consecration and those hours of agonizing prayer to be able to get the job done that we need to get done in these last days. We're not going to have it on the busy avenues of this life, running up and down the freeways. No, 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 no. We're not going to find it there. We will find it in that place where our soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. I used to have a little trail out by the lake, and I had an old Model A Ford my first few years of preaching, and when I'd be troubled in my heart, I'd make my way out that trail out by the lake and go as far as I could go in my car. And and then I'd walk about a half a block down to a little creek bed and that would be my prayer closet. That was my place where I knew that I had to die a little bit more to be the kind of man that I needed to be, to be the kind of preacher that I needed to be. And I'm not standing here tonight to tell you that I have reached the place that I know I should have reached. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not telling you that I am the perfect example, but I am telling you there are depths that we have not known yet. There are heights we have not reached yet. There are songs we have not sang yet. There are experiences we have not had yet. There are visions we have not seen yet. There are messages we have not preached yet. There are souls we have not reached yet. There are experiences with God that we have not gained as yet. But if somehow we could get just a little inspiration tonight, just a little bitty seed of inspiration planted in our hearts, and then we'd go back to our homes, and we'd make ourselves available to our pastor Brother Pastor, I've got something burning in my soul. There's a fire that I haven't felt before. There's a desire that's kindled there. What sacrifice can I make? What else can I do? I'm willing to stand with you. I'll be with you. Just let me know. These are the end time. These are the last days. Help me, pastor. Help me. Preach to me. Let me make the sacrifice that I need to make. Listen, I want to tell you folks, it has never really gripped our hearts yet like it's got to grip us before the coming of the Lord. We are rich and increased with goods. We have plenty. We live like kings, and my church, bless their heart, they furnish us a beautiful mansion to live in. It's a long ways from the log cabins that I used to live in, and the church benches I used to sleep on, and the automobiles we used to lay in all night long. We've come a long ways. They give me a beautiful car to drive, and I appreciate all those things, but my My soul is not satisfied with that. My soul cries out for more than a mansion to live in and more than a beautiful big automobile to drive. There is a deep within me that's calling. This is the hour of my coming the voice of the Spirit says and there is something within me tonight that cries out, oh God help us to pay the price help us to give and give and give to the work of God. These missionaries could be blessed of the Lord if we could just give a little bit of that that we spend and spend on foolishness and many times we go out to eat and we'll spend enough on one meal that some folks live on all week long and perhaps a month long. I'm praying, oh God, let this get hold of us. Let it go on on us. Let it become a part of our lives. Let it get in our very bloodstream in the marrow of our bones. Uh, and our lives would be changed uh, and all of a sudden uh, we'd feel ourselves being turned wrong side out uh, and we'd see ourselves uh, the way we need to see ourselves uh, and do the work of God as never before. Amen. It's going to get hold of us before it's over if we believe that we are the church of Jesus Christ and we believe the Mormons are wrong and Jehovah's Witness are wrong and all the other cults are wrong and the Methodists and Baptists are wrong and the assembly of God is wrong, then we'd better get sold out to this thing lock, stock, and barrel. We'd better put our money where our mouth is and we'd better say we really believe this gospel like we say we believe it and change our lifestyle and do of God oh God give us that inspiration tonight I'm, I'm beginning to feel it like I've wanted to feel it for a long time and God has been talking to my heart I don't know what God has for me but I have told my family over and over I want you to be prepared to go to the mission field at any time Whatever God has, that's what I want, just to do the will of God. Oh, how, how, how blessed we would be just to know we were laboring somewhere and wringing ourselves out and giving ourselves to the work of God and the salvation of souls. It doesn't matter where, just so long as it's in the will of God, that's what we need to be. Praise God. Unless we are willing to enter into that experience that I'm talking about tonight, we will never know the fullness of the blessing of God. We will never know it. Amen. Unless we are willing to enter into that experience, and you may not be willing tonight, But when these preachers get through preaching before camp is over, I believe a seed of desire and inspiration will be reborn in all of our hearts. For I have confidence in the Word of God. I believe it's going to do something for us. And I have never seen people so hungry for the preaching of the Word. They don't want a production. They don't want a performance. They don't want some great something that's out of this world spectacular supernatural they just want the plain preaching of the word of God and that's what my soul is hungry for tonight hallelujah I'm hungry for this thank God I'm hungry for the word of the Lord let's be willing to enter into that experience what you say I want to say that there are four elements in a death that I want to mention tonight. First of all, that first element is completeness. In this completeness, I suppose we're startled because it touches every area of our lives, every aspect. It seems in a death that everything all of a sudden is gone. I'll never forget that night on December the 9th 19 and 59, I was sitting on the platform in my church and the telephone rang and the usher got the phone at the back and uh, the voice on the other end was long distance, emergency for me and that usher came to the platform and I slipped back to the back and uh, the evangelist was preaching and I picked up the phone and the voice on the other end was my brother-in-law and he said, James said, uh, your dad had another heart attack tonight. I said, well, how is he? And he said, well, he didn't quite make it this time. And when he said that, it was like somebody knocked my feet out from under me. I fell flat on the floor. I don't know. I, I, I just lost complete control. All of a sudden, it seemed like everything was gone. Here was a man that, that I had faith in. Here was a man that that I had confidence in. Here was a man that I had watched his life and I had never seen anything out of the way. I had always seen a Christian example in that man. And he was the cause of me wanting to live for God. Just watching his life. There was something about it. I I wanted to live for God because of him. But now it seemed like everything was gone. My strength was gone. I believe that that's the way it affects us. A natural death certainly it touches every aspect and every area of our lives. And it is a complete thing. And and of course spiritually it's the same way. But the reason we do not enter into that experience many times is because we want little bits of self to still be alive. We want to live a little bit here and there. We have never reached that place that we have been able to say, Oh, God, I'm willing to enter into that complete experience of death. If that's what it takes for me, I'm ready for it. We have a young man in our church received the Holy Ghost several years ago, raised in the Baptist church, received the Holy Ghost, went into his home about midnight, drunk on the Spirit, and when he walked in, that family was hostile. They were upset, to say the least. And uh, the next time I saw this man's dad, who had been a close friend of mine, he all of a sudden became my enemy. He said, my boy has been a Christian all of his life. He's been raised in the Baptist church. Now all of a sudden he tells us that he has something that we do not have and that we must have. And they fought that boy and they would not let him go to church. And, and uh, they uh, literally uh, uh, tore into him at times and hit him and beat him to keep him from coming to church. He told me many times, Brother Kilgore, I went into my room with my Bible and I got down on my knees and I prayed and asked God to help me to stay true. This boy is entering his third year at Texas A&M University, full of the Holy Ghost now. He says, we're going to have revival on that campus. But I walked into that place of business one day, and his dad came to me and hollered out so that everybody around could hear, and said, preacher, I want to know what I'd have to do to get uh, you folks uh, to quit sending the Herald to my house. I said, well, I didn't know you were receiving it. He said, yes, and it causes trouble every month when it comes. I don't like it, and I don't want it. And if you don't do something about it, I'm going to send it back and put deceased by by my son's name. I said, oh, you wouldn't do that? He said, yes, I would, because as far as I'm concerned, the time he entered into your church, he died as far as our family was concerned. Amen. That boy stayed true to God. Now his mother has the Holy Ghost. And his dad has told him that he wants the Holy Ghost also. But I'm saying that experience touches every area of our lives. It is something that certainly is complete. Certainly it is. Then there is another element that I want to mention, and that's costliness. It will cost you something if you die spiritually. If you dig down deep to the place you need to be, it will cost you something. It will cost you your friends maybe. It will cost you a game as you travel on. And you will have to find yourself being pulled away from those things that you desire to do so much. There will be such a deep hunger in your life that it won't matter. You'll find yourself being pulled away from it gladly because you're willing to pay the price. And oh, God help us tonight to pay that price that we must pay in this hour to be the church that we need to be. And God help us to never reach the place that we cannot sound our voice and preach against things uh, that keep people from dying spiritually. I don't know. You know, if you preach against uh, golf, we got our own golf clubs anymore. If you preach against uh, bowling alleys, uh, uh, the day will come, I'm afraid, we're going to have Pentecostal bowling alleys. And... uh, There's not, you know, uh, you you feel almost on the spot when you start naming things anymore. But those old-time preachers named it. They called it by name. They told us what we needed to do. Amen. If you die, you've got to be willing to count the cost. Amen. Count the cost. Pay the price. Say, I'm going to enter into that experience. I'm going to pull myself away from other things. Oh, yes, I am, just so I can please God. I sat on the platform at Calvary Tabernacle, the funeral of Brother Andrew Urshan. Brother Dees was there. Others were there. I'll never forget that service. There were times that we felt like shouting, and we did shout. There were times we lifted our hands in worship, and there were times that we wept freely. There was something about this man's unique life and ministry that touched all of us some way or another. And they sang six songs at that funeral. And every one of those songs were written by Andrew Urshan. And the choir came out strong on one song. There is sunshine in the shadows. There is sunshine in the rain. There's sunshine in our sorrows when our hearts are filled with pain. At first I thought, now that's not really appropriate for a funeral. And then I looked out the side of the song and I saw who the author was. The author was Andrew Urshan. Then I thought, yes, it is appropriate. He wrote the song. He must sing it. And I talked to his son about it later. He said, let me tell you, when he got that inspiration for that song, It was after his companion had forsaken him. He was left with five or six children. He had to wash the clothes and iron the clothes and cook the meals and uh, get all of the family ready, take us to church and preach to us, then take us home and put us to bed. In those lonely midnight hours of his life, he said, I could hear my old dad groaning in the room next to mine crying and groaning and praying but it was during that time that he was willing to die and count the cost that God began to drop the song into his heart there's sunshine in the shadows there's sunshine in the rain oh God give us a song but are we willing to die to get the song Oh, God, give me a sermon. But God, help me to be willing to die to get the sermon that I need to preach that will stir the hearts of men, not just appeal to emotions or appeal to thinking, but something that will get weighed down deep in the heart. If somehow I could die a little bit tonight, I believe that God would give me messages that I have never preached yet. Amen. The third element is change. Change. We do not cease to exist when we die. We're just transferred to another dimension. When we lay down these bodies, we live on. We live on somewhere. When we close our eyes in death, We're going to live somewhere, somewhere. I've often wondered what it was like when that person came down to that last minute of life. That last minute of life. I wonder what goes through the mind. My church secretary works with a man that something happened to him a while back and his mind just began to run like a computer. And he remembered everything, every little detail of his life and, and he couldn't understand what was happening to him. And he got alarmed and went to the doctor and entered the hospital and they gave careful examination. Finally the doctor said, when you were small you had smallpox and said one of those smallpox settled on a brain cell and it's taken all these years for, for it to affect your mind. But now, every 40 days, that man's mind goes back from the time that he was born. And everything that ever made any impression upon his mind, he relives it. His mind goes like a whirlwind, like a computer. And the doctor said, you'll have it the rest of your life. Every 40-day cycle, he said, this man goes through that. I wonder if we come down to death's door if something like that doesn't happen, everything that's ever happened, every camp meeting that we've been to, yeah. ever messages message that has been preached every move of god that we have felt every time that we promised in our hearts oh god i'll do better when i get home and i'll pray more and i'll fast more and i'll be obedient to those that have the rule over me everything that's ever happened it's going to be like a computer running wild in your mind and you're going to feel it and see it and think about it Oh, friend, that's what happens. There is a change that's coming to every one of us. Don't ever forget it. And Paul said in Second Corinthians four, sixteen, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. be desired. We have a building of God, eternal in the heavens. In this, we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with that house which is from heaven. If so, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. There is a naked soul that leaves that body. If it's not right with God, it has no covering. It has no cloak. It has no garment. And Paul said, I'm groaning that somehow when this uh, spirit leaves this body, there'll be a covering for my soul. I can go to meet God, and in the presence of God, I can have a covering. Sinner friend, tonight you don't have a covering for your soul. Backslider, you don't have a covering for your soul tonight. You need to die a little bit at these altars. You need to crawl on your hands and knees to get down around the front and get somebody to pray with you so that the God of heaven will cover your soul with the garment of salvation. Amen. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. And I want to say, when you die spiritually, there is a change. There is a change. There is a change. You better believe it. Everybody will know it. Your congregation will know it, preacher. Your your fellow saints will know it, saints of God. Everybody will know it. Your home will feel it. I can remember my dad when he would pray for hour after hour and study his Bible many times when he'd just walk to the pulpit and open his bible for the weeks and look out at that congregation hearts would be melted people could feel something and see something they didn't know the hours of agony that was involved the nights long nights of prayer and the hours of dedication I long for the kind of ministry that would touch and affect the lives of the people that I preach to so much that they could see not Brother Kilgore not their pastor but somehow they could see Jesus they could see Calvary one more time they could get a vision of the greatness of something that's better than this life and better than this world oh God help us to enter to that experience tonight uh, that we're willing to change uh, die a little bit if you please amen amen, amen. Oh, amen. Oh, yes. the fourth element I want to talk to you about a little bit is choice sure. you don't have a choice physically speaking Bible tells us it's appointed in a man wants to die and after death the judgment You don't don't decide if you're going to the judgment. You don't decide if you're going to meet God. God has already decided that for you. You have nothing to do with that. But when I talk about dying spiritually, you do have a choice. You can go through life on flowery beds of ease and never do what I preached about tonight and what other preachers have preached in this camp meeting. And uh, you can go along and, and uh, hit the tops and the frills of, of all of this. But if you really want to know what it's like to walk with God, you're going to find that place where you say, I choose to die. I'm willing to give up. The gaiety, the good times, the laughter. Are you trying to make old fogies out of us? No. No, I'm not trying to do that at all. I just know the coming of the Lord is near. And I know that God is calling to His church. And I know what I have felt in my own heart. And I'm just trying to transmit a little bit of that feeling. And a little bit of that burden. And a little bit of that desire tonight. So that the seed of inspiration can be sown in your heart. Amen. Amen, amen. Jesus said, if a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it will bring forth. Yes, it will. But if that grain of corn says, no, I'm not going to die. I'd rather live in the camp meeting, and so I hold in my hand grains of corn There's no magnifying glass that can find the germ of life here. You couldn't put it under a microscope and say, there it is. There it is. No, you couldn't find it. You couldn't even grind it to powder and pull out one little speck and say, this is the germ of life. This is the law of life that God puts inside of a grain of corn. You cannot find it. You cannot put it out on display. But God says it's there. And if you'll put it in the ground, I'll show you it's there. Amen. You know, it's an amazing thing how one little grain of corn can reproduce so many times. And uh, one little grain, so small that most of you cannot see it tonight, yet it's capable of doing this and this one stop and probably reproduce oh six or eight hundred times i don't know looks like a lot of grains of corn there maybe more than that but this little grain of corn says i like the louisiana camp meeting. i'm going to stay right up here on this platform they shout around here and That's where I want to be is when Brother Creel jumps up and down and Brother Weeks has such a unique way of carrying on. That's where I want to be and I'm just going to stay right here on this platform. And you come back next year, if they don't sweep it off, it would still be there. What's happened to that corn? It didn't die. No, it's still just like it was. It's got the germ of life there. And so it goes through another camp meeting and it hears the same preaching again. And it feels the need of dying again. But it says, no, I don't think I'll do it this year. I'll wait till another time. Oh, I'd really like to present that to the Lord when I stand in his presence. But I'm not really ready yet. There's a lot of things I want to do. And there's a new automobile I want to get. And there's a new home I want to get. and, And there's a lot of things I. I want to do and and I'm just not interested in dying yet but oh somehow if that corn of wheat could say I'm tired of myself, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired I don't want myself like this, I don't want to stand before God like this I'm not ready to stand in the presence of a holy God and I'm ready to do something about it so it says I will die I will die, I'll fall into the ground, but listen friend, when you die, you've got to be hidden a while. This corn of wheat's got to be buried in the ground. What happened to so-and-so? Don't hear much about him. What happened to him? haven't heard his name in a long time. You don't know it, friend, but he's buried out there somewhere in the ground and he's trying his best to die. He wants a ministry that's an apostolic ministry and he wants to walk with God he's never known before and he wants power with God and so he says, I'm going to withdraw myself for a while. I'm going to bury myself in all mother earth for a while and I'm going to get rid of my pride and the things that... That have mattered to me so long all of a sudden they're not going to matter any longer I have one desire a burning consuming desire that's to die that's to walk with God that's to preach
1: the sermons he wants me to preach that's to have the ministry that he wants me to have and so I'm going to hide myself and I'm going to get behind the cross somewhere nobody's going to see me for a while
0: nobody is going to hear from me for a while i'm going to get my head down between my knees
1: and i'm going to pray and intercede with god and i'm not going to be satisfied with the things that i have i've been satisfied with too little oh god i'm dying it hurts
0: to die but it feels good something begins to happen on the inside there's a transformation takes place you know, all of a sudden you get to the place where you don't care what people say about you. You don't care if they ever brag on a sermon or not. You don't care if they ever say you're a great speaker or not. You don't care if they ever say you're a great man or not. You're a great leader. It don't make any difference. You somehow, you got down there on that ground. And you was willing to roll around and
1: hide yourself and die and die and die and die. Hallelujah. 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 But oh, if it die,
0: if it die, look out there in the spring of the year. There's a little green sprout that pushes its way up through Mother Earth. There's that fellow that was just a grain of corn a while back. He don't look like a grain of corn any longer. When you die, you change your looks. Amen. I wear nice suits for their weeks, but I can remember when my dad used to pull up the Salvation Army and go inside and he'd try to match up a coat that he had, maybe pay 50 cents for a pair of pants. Didn't matter whether it matched too well or not. He just had that desire to be used of God. Didn't make a bit of difference in the world. The call of the world was after him. (laughs) The call of souls was reaching for him. Brother bees you didn't know it, but Carlos was in my class in Bible college, and I had the boys to write a theme about their pastor one day, and he wrote something about you that you have never (laughs) known till this minute. He said, I greatly admire and appreciate my father. There was times that he ate out of a garbage can to stay alive. He had no certain home to live in. And he went on and on and on. The reason, Brother Dees, that God has blessed you and given you a great church is because years ago you died. Praise God. Praise God. If I could get just that little scene of inspiration, I hate this flesh, I look at it at times, and. Brother Tenney, I think I could do so much more for God if this flesh wasn't in the way because we're prone to think and wonder what people think about us. That's the truth. You know it. We measure ourselves by ourselves. We compare ourselves among ourselves. And we even stretch ourselves beyond our measure at times. Amen. And I know what that is. I know what that is. Amen. Go ahead and die. Amen. If you will die, you're going to change your looks. You'll look like this after a while. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God a seed of inspiration just a seed of inspiration Brother Green you remember the meeting we were in in Kilgore a few years ago when caretaker of a cemetery sent word that graves were all sunk in for two of our or for an old fashioned preacher and his wife caretaker asked uh, the preachers if they'd take up a little offering and he would personally go and fill in the graves and put up a marker Different ones began to pledge money and then one old preacher stood up, old Brother Gibson, and he started weeping and he couldn't stop. He said, I've got to give money. I don't have, but I've got to give it because that man brought the gospel to me. Now his children forgot him, graves sunk in, no tombstone there. But he said, one night, let me tell you what happened. He said, one night, in the middle of the night, there was a knock at my door and I went to the door and there stood brother stovall his face was swollen and and he was beaten and bruised and i hardly recognized him and he asked me if he could stay a few days he was so beaten up that he couldn't even lay on his back he had to lay down on his stomach for several days but said then he got to feeling better and got to walking the floor and got to groaning and praying finally said brother gibson i've got to go He said, where are you going? He said, well, you see, when I came here that night, I had been beaten for preaching the gospel. Four grown men took me down the railroad track after church, and they beat me and beat me until I was unconscious. And he said, I guess they thought I was dead, and they left me, and, and I came here. And he said, I can't get those four men off of my mind. I've got to go back and preach to them. Amen. Now he's in his grave. The grave sunk in. No one to fill it up. No one to care for it. No one to watch it. Because a man was willing to die. Amen. I don't want to get on your sympathy tonight. I want to get deep into your heart. I know and you know that something has got to happen to us that has not happened to us. If we say we're the church of the living God, then we'd better rise up in this hour and say, I'm willing to wring myself out. I'll pour myself out for this thing. Oh, Brother G.T. Hayward, they said, before he died, he got so weak that he'd have to get down on the floor on his hands and knees and work his way up and be before he could stand and, and go about his work for God. And I was told by one of our district superintendents that was brought up under Brother the W.T. Witherspoon, said that man wrung himself out for the work of God so much that when he was sick to die and so weak he could hardly get out of bed, got in his car and drove three or four hundred miles to go dedicate a new church. And when he got there, it was so weak, he got out of the car and crawled on his hands and knees up the church steps to get a little strength and stood there holding to the pulpit wrung himself out for the cause of God that spirit's got to get hold of us like never before Amen. amen if it die it brings forth if it die it brings forth amen Sister Mangan, would you sing a song for me, please? Would you bow your head for a moment? Would you just slip your hand over on your companion, take your companion by the hand, and say, look, let's enter into this experience. Let's change our lives. Let's be different. Would you do that before she sings? Let's pray, pray for one another.
1: There's a voice calling me from an old a tree, and it whispers, draw closer to me. In me you will find There's a voice calling me From an old rugged tree And it whispers, draw closer
0: wives in this building to stand, Ever preacher in your
1: life.
0: one more time would you come tonight, bring your wives with you, would you, one more time, and would the rest of you folks just kneel where you are, let's dig in a little more tonight, don't be in a hurry to go.